welcome to For the Love of Dogs with Dennis Wolf. We are going to have a blast today. I just got off the phone with some good friends, and I'm going to tell you a little story about them and about uh, a tough decision they've got to make. And we're also going to talk about tough decisions we each have to make, not only for our dogs, not only for our families, but to help other people to prevent others from being hurt or taken advantage of or use or abuse. And one of the things that this conversation with my good friends, Katie and Sylvia, uh, revealed was how sometimes we have to stand up for ourselves in order to teach other people boundaries. So this ties in beautifully with canine behavior and equine behavior as well, because everything in life is about personal space and about boundaries. So we have to think about How do we set boundaries in our own lives, and how does that translate with dogs and with humans? Well, one of the things is dogs jumping, dogs biting, dogs lunging, dogs humping, dogs barking, dogs with behavioral issues, because typically what happens is we don't set boundaries. As soon as we don't set a clear boundary, somebody is going to take advantage. That doesn't mean that we should be using or abusing, or cruel, or even, or evil hand, even-handed, uneven-handed to people. What we should be doing is we should be setting the boundaries clearly for our dogs, so that there is clarity, so the dog understands what we're asking of him. You think about it. How many times have you, after you maybe go for lunch with a friend, or you're talking with your husband, or your wife, or your girlfriend or boyfriend or friend or a neighbor or colleague, and you walk away and the first words out of your mouth to yourself are, oh my God, she's so terrible. She's so demanding. She's so bossy. He's such an ass. He, he always has to have his way. Well, remember, we can't always control or rarely can we control somebody else's actions, somebody else's words because they're not our responsibility. But what we can do is control our reaction to what they say or do. And I'm going to start out by talking about Katie and Sylvia, because they are just wonderful, wonderful girls. I was out at their wedding in in Colorado, and they are two just amazing, beautiful people, phenomenal with animals. Um, Katie's just so talented and gifted with these dogs and, and with people as well. And they have a little issue, and uh, my daughter had an issue as well, very similar with a roommate. And you guys might have something like this where you say either you're going to be doing it or you were doing it, um, and you learn from your experience. When you have somebody come into your house and you invite someone into your home, it's obviously we always want to have people feel comfortable and welcome in our home unless it's your mother-in-law, but we want someone to be comfortable and welcome in our home. So we go a little out of the way. We might decide that we're going to have somebody uh, maybe stay in our bedroom and we sleep on the couch. It might be that we allow them to do something we wouldn't do, like smoke outside in a room that you normally wouldn't let anyone do. So we try to accommodate, we try to kind of customize their experience experience, if you would, so they have a good user experience. But what happens is when you change the rules and then the person or animal doesn't leave, you've now set some ground rules. And those ground rules are going to have to change if that person or animal is staying. Well, that's exactly what was happening with my friends. So you had a beginning of something where they were being very kind by letting a friend live with them for a short time. And the friend has a dog. Well, they have dogs, Katie and Sylvia. So that it's lovely because they have their own dogs and they are phenomenal, like second to none for dog care and trying to help not just their own animals, but they love all animals like I do. And it's just sad when you see that that kindness is turned into like almost like gaslighting. And what happened with them is something that's happened to happen with my daughter. It's happened with friends. 
It happened with me with something like that, um, and I'll talk about that later. But I think when people have an animal, it's it's not like, you know, someone gets pregnant, you get stuck whether you want the child or not, and now here's this child. When we have a dog or, an, or any animal, unless that animal showed up on our doorstep and walked into our house and took over, we have the right and we have the responsibility to set boundaries and to make sure that whatever it is, it is done properly and there are certain ground rules. But when you have someone come to stay with you and they're not gone, you know, the old adage my husband always used to say as well, fish and friends think after three days, right? After a few days, you're like, oh, how long are you staying? When are you going to be getting your own place? Oh, we're so excited for you, which really translated means, hey, we're being really nice and letting you stay here because you're stuck, but we're not going to do it forever. So what happens is, because my friends are very kind people, they did the first part without necessarily doing the second part. Now, when you care about someone, when it's a friend, whether it's a friend of both of you or it's a friend of one of you or it's a neighbor or there's a child or somebody is in need of help, a good person will try to help. And I do that all the time. and I. Do that to a fault. But what we have to do is also respect ourselves before we can respect others. If you don't respect yourself, then everything falls apart. So basically what happened was um, the person who moved in was a friend of theirs, very kind person, very nice, decided to get a dog. That was a very high-energy dog that requires a lot of motivation. It requires a lot of following it around the house and taking it outside and walking it. And, you know, like we would do with a dog. Most of us would get a dog, well, most of the people listening anyway, would get a dog or a pet because we wanted to lavish affection and attention on the dog or on the pet. And we enjoy that. Like, I love taking care of my Ridgebacks. I love taking care of my puppies. I can't tell you how joyous I am in the morning or at night or all the time when I'm letting my, my four pups out. And they storm down, and I have a pretty pretty large house, actually, and, and they go from one end to the other, and it sounds like thunder. It's the best sound ever. But they don't jump on me. They don't bark. They don't bite. They don't hurt people. They don't chase animals. They're well-behaved. But I let them do that because it's their little thing, okay? But I set boundaries. I didn't just randomly one day say, I'm going to let four 85-pound puppies, because they started as little puppies, right, 10 pounds or 10 ounces, actually. And I didn't let them all run. I took one at a time. And I showed them what to do. Then I took two of them and I showed the two what to do. Then I took the third, showed them what to do, and then took the fourth and showed them what to do. And each of them, and this is what people have to remember, you have to do the same thing with each dog. Those of you who have multiple dogs in your home, you can't just do it with the whole group. You have to break it down so that you're doing with each dog. So if you wanted to do what I do where I let, I open uh, the door and the dogs go out, you can't just randomly open the door and let them all run because then there's, it's kind of like fire drill in school with no hall monitors and everyone's running. Someone's going to get hurt and I don't want that to happen. So when you're working with your animals and you're teaching them a new rule or a new boundary, it's really, really important to do it with each animal individually, the same way you would teach children how to hand, you know, handwriting or, or math. Sometimes you can't do things all together. Sometimes you have to do the, the prudent thing, teaching one at a time, then teaching the next, teaching the next, teaching the next, then bringing them together so each of them has a command and an understanding of what you are expecting of them. Well, Katie and Sylvia had someone come in to live with them, 
They care very much about this young lady. And they, I think, didn't realize that she was going to wind up living with them. So here we are six months later, and they have a problem because the woman who is there has a job and has so many other things going on in her life that by the time she gets home, it's already late and the dog has to be taken care of. But my friends aren't going to leave because they're wonderful people. They're not going to leave the dog in a crate all day long. So now it becomes their responsibility, even though they don't really want the responsibility of an extra dog. It has become that because the young lady is not really following through and doing what she needs to do for her animal. My thoughts were she should either let her family, her parents take the dog or give the dog up because it's, I mean, for me, I want to get home to take care of my animals. I'm usually home and I do have someone who lives here. Um, so it's fine for me, but I like taking care of my dogs. I love taking care of my horses. I so enjoy coming home and seeing them. But there are some people who are in love with the idea of having an animal instead of being in love with the animal. Katie and Sylvia, this is for you. Sometimes people just want to feel that they have something that will love them unconditionally, even when they shouldn't have that that animal, but they have it because it's something in them that needs or is needy for unconditional love. And that is a whole other topic for a whole other show on a whole other day. So what can you do if you have that? And we've all had that at some point, whether it's taking care of a dog or it's, you know, helping somebody out with money. You have, I can't tell you how many times People have come to me, whether I know them well or not, and they're like, oh, I don't have a car. I can't get my kid to the doctor or, you know, and, and, and I'm not talking about the per some people because I have done that, in fact, giving cars to people, but I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about people who are seeking out others to see if they can get help. Now, there's nothing wrong with asking for help, I think, and I've said this before on my Facebook um, I think there's nothing wrong with asking for help. I think there's something wrong with not asking for help when you need it. But you also have to realize that when you enlist the help of someone, that it is not suddenly their responsibility just because they have had that responsibility in the past or allowed it. So if, let's say, you are living with someone and and they've been very kind and like taking your dog out and doing all that for a long time. But they say, listen, I didn't sign up for this. How do you then get angry and upset with that person who's been doing the kindness for you because they finally say they can't do it anymore? And that's what's happening. So how do you handle something like that? Well, listen, every dog deserves to have the best health insurance in the world, the best food, the best vitamin supplement, the best of care, and the best of love. But sometimes, for whatever reason, people can't really provide all those things. And is it okay to give the dog up? I hate to say it because I tell people, you know, think really long and hard before you do that. But if you if you have an animal and you don't, take care of it properly, and you're pushing all your time and the requirements of having that animal off on other people, you probably shouldn't have an animal. Animals are different than humans. First of all, they're much better than humans, but animals are way better than humans and different because animals have different needs as animals versus humans having the needs that we have. So. For an animal, if, you know, it's eating food and it's going out to potty and it has a warm, dry place, we say, oh, he's all taken care of. Well, yes, in one sense, yeah, absolutely. But in many other senses, absolutely not. Every animal really deserves to have people who not only feed it 
and let it out, but also that those people are there to love, to cuddle, to snuggle, to sleep near, whatever, that animal, so that that animal feels safe and secure. This is what I have always taught you guys about providing and protecting. In my book, Happens, S-H-H-H, Happens, Dog Behavior 101 on Amazon. If you get an animal, and I'm not talking about somebody gives you the animal or the dog shows up or the cat shows up at your doorstep, but when you actively go out and either purchase or rescue a dog or a cat or any animal, you were seeking out that animal. That animal did not come to you asking for help. You went to the animal and you took the animal away from someone else who perhaps could have taken better care of the animal than you do. So if you don't have time, why do you need that dog? Why do you need to have an animal? Well, but meanwhile, you've got the animal, you love the animal or you care about the animal but you're not able to provide that. Well, that's why there are dog walking services. You can pay for somewhere between $12 and $30, $40. There are hiking, people who go hiking like Katie does. Um, And there's all kinds of cool things that you can do. There are enrichment things that you can do. But it's like if I ask you, assuming you had a, a good, relatively good, calm, quiet childhood, What do you remember most about childhood? Do you remember a gift you got, like some expensive thing, or do you remember the time you had a snowball fight with your father? Do you remember the time you were baking chocolate chip cookies with your mother and your brother, and, uh, you know, your brother, you know, burned all the cookies and, you know, the fire department came? We remember times. We remember how things make us feel. Animals make us feel loved. Even the worst animal abuser, animals will typically still go back. Even if a person is abusive, that animal will give them chance after chance after chance. And we have to make sure that when we're looking at an animal and we're saying, you know, hey, this animal is, you know, is okay, but really needs more than I can give it. You know, if you have parents or if you have friends who love the animal or care about the animal, let them take the animal there for you for, you know, during the week or or whatever, or take the dog to doggy daycare if the dog is able to do that. But don't throw your responsibilities onto someone else's shoulders and then complain to them that they're not being fair and why are they not helping when they were helping before. There's a very uh, common expression that investment companies, when they advertise on TV and radio, they always say, and I'm going to have you kind of think about this. The words are, past performance is no indication of future results. Past performance, so the fact that I've been helping you for six months does not guarantee nor predict that I'm going to continue to do that. It is not my dog. It's your dog. And if you take that responsibility for whatever it is and you decide, okay, I'm going to take this animal, I'm going to take good care of him, and you are responsible, then yes, you deserve to have that animal. But if you can't and either find someone who loves the animal or who will have that time to devote to your animal or find somebody in your inner circle who gets along with that animal, maybe they can help you. But Don't throw and don't gaslight and throw fire at somebody else who's been kind to you because their kindness was just that. It was kindness. It's not a legal document that states that they are going to take care of your animal for you so you don't have to do anything. If you want to be out all the time without your dog, you probably don't need the dog. You may be looking for something or someone who loves you unconditionally. But my dogs love me absolutely unconditionally. My dogs adore me. But I want to be with them. Even from my home office, which is a a very large room, I leave the door open. And sometimes you guys can hear me walking and you'll hear me. Whisper wants to come in. Puppy wants to come in. Lex wants to come in. Whoever wants to come in. 
I want my animals with me. I spend a fair amount of time at home. And if I have to go out, I have someone else here who is going to take care of them for me so that they always have love. They always have respect. They always have everything they need, food and water and shelter and heat and a warm blanket or my bed or wherever they want to go. And they, they have everything. So if somebody is throwing that at you or if you maybe have some kind of a situation that's brewing right now that, you know, would kind of, I don't know, maybe behoove you to listen to what I'm saying. Always ask for an exit strategy. Always ask when somebody asks you, can I do this? Can I live with you? Can I borrow your vehicle? Can I, you know, go out to do this? Can I hunt on your property was a good one. Can I do whatever it is? If you say yes, before you say yes, you should say, under what conditions? Or what's the exit strategy on that? Before I agree and I say, yes, I'm going to help you, I want to know what I'm helping you to do. I don't want you to say, like, Janice, just promise you'll say yes. Okay, I'll say yes. Okay, I need to borrow a million dollars. Okay. Wish I knew that before you forced me to say yes. That's where your problem is. So another thing I want to talk about a little bit is about on the same in the same vein and on the same line of thought is doing things, doing kindnesses for people who don't deserve it. You'll find in life that sometimes when you're taking care of someone's animal or child or vehicle or whatever, and you're doing something, people don't think like, oh, wow, isn't it nice this person is still doing these great things for me. It's the, what have you done for me lately? And that what have you done for me lately is huge. So if let's say you have someone with mental illness and the person with mental illness asks you to train him to be a canine behaviorist. And let's say you find out that that person has a criminal background and you try to still help and everybody warns you and says, this person is crazy. You shouldn't get involved, but you say, hmm, but I feel bad because nobody's helping this person and I feel so bad and I want to help this person. And you know what happens nine times out of 10? They come back and bite you. They might make inappropriate advances to some of your people in your, in your office. Uh, they might try to coerce people. They might harass and stalk. They might do all kinds of things. They might try to team up with others against you because you shun them. It's what they call a narcissist. And there are a lot of those people out there. And the good people like me, like Katie and Sylvia, like a lot of you guys, we try to help everyone. And what I'm going to tell you is put a premium on your giving and your kindness. Don't just do things for anybody and find out your exit strategy. And chances are, if somebody says to you, oh, nobody will help me, nobody will lend me money, nobody will help me with the dog, nobody understands me, I've been so hurt by so many people through so many years, and people just don't understand me, and they take advantage of me, all I'm going to tell you is run, run fast, because they they know exactly what they're doing. They're gaslighting narcissists. Get away from them. I'm not saying that that's the case with my friends, but I'm saying it is not a good sign. And sometimes people try to hurt you, or they may try to hurt your animals. They may try to make you feel bad. They may falsely accuse you of something. You never, ever, ever back down. You fight. Because if you don't take care of it, and if you don't either get them put in jail, prison, uh, perhaps uh, an insane asylum, an institution, uh, whatever it is, you are going to be the one who is hurt because they know exactly what they're doing. And this, I believe the young lady knows exactly what she was doing. She knew that my friends 
were animal lovers. Um, and because they're animal lovers, she knew that they would do the right thing for the animal. But it doesn't mean that it's their responsibility. And it also doesn't mean that it's something that is your business, let's just say. If I could go back and change one thing in my life, I wouldn't. Because I think everything puts us into a position to do something else. Sometimes, and I have this a fair amount of times, one of my patients will be aggressive. And I will look at it and I'll talk to the owners and I'll say, you know, sometimes you don't get the dog you want. Sometimes you get the dog you need. And sometimes that dog wasn't meant to be with you for a long time. Sometimes that dog was only meant to be in your life a short time. And not everything that happens to you is going to be good. And it shouldn't all be good because that's not how we learn. We learn through adversity. We learn when someone attacks us and we go back at them a thousandfold and decimate them. We learn when people try to hurt those we love or they try to hurt animals and children and then they, those very people learn that wasn't a good idea because somebody stops them from that. And I am that brick wall that will stop somebody from that. What I'm saying is, and this is certainly a digression from what we normally talk about. If somebody gets him or herself or themselves into a situation, you can help that person. But the best thing to do is to help them see the options and see what is there opportunity-wise. Like, what can they do? So, for instance, if somebody, let's say, uh, throws uh, – like, let's say, you know, a condescending, arrogant remark. Well, you know, well, I thought you'd help. I thought you liked dogs. You know, don't say, well, that's not true. I do love dogs because you're, you're justifying it. You say, I love dogs and I love them enough to make sure that, they're, that the owners that I know do the right thing by their dogs. Throw it right back in their lap. Don't you dare let them gaslight you. Don't you dare let people take advantage of you because if you look at it and if somebody is kind to you, if somebody's good to you, if somebody is genuine to you, if they help you, if they have a good heart, if they're pure of heart, you should repay their kindness and their goodness tenfold, like my dad always used to say. But when that person hurts you or hurts an animal, does something specifically targets you, you repay their evil a thousandfold. You decimate them. You do that so that they don't do it to someone else because you are stronger than many other people. And when you love an animal or you love a person and you say, I'm going to do the right thing and I'm going to go and help this animal, if you help that animal, that's great. But you also have to make sure that the person who's the abuser, the narcissist, the person who's creating this, who's gaslighting, you have to be able to make sure that they are not going to do that to another dog. They're not going to do that to another person and that they have to face their own demons. And when you have people like a Michael Vick and people making excuses for him, People, we know we've seen all these cases of horrible animal abuse and cruelty, and they're always making excuses like, oh, this person had a bad childhood. Well, you know, I had a great childhood, but if I had a bad childhood or I had a great childhood, maybe I learned things in a different way, but there's a point at which we learn for ourselves what is good for ourselves. And we learn kindness and compassion and empathy and sympathy for others. And if we don't learn that when we're young, we may just have to learn that when we're older. So when people start attacking you because you're not helping them take care of their animal or when people start attacking you and trying to hurt innocent third parties, animals and children perhaps, because 
they're jealous of you, they're envious of everything you stand for, you destroy them. Because otherwise, if you don't do it, they'll go on and do it to someone else. Take charge of your life. Take good care of your own animals. Take care of the people who need the taking care of. And when you start having somebody trying to manipulate or hurt you, you stand up for yourself. You stand up for those animals so that that person doesn't do it again. Because the only way to stop a bully is by taking them out at the knees. And that's the end of the first segment. And then we're going to go on to from shelter dog to service dog in the second half. Very spirited conversation today. Definitely don't fail to come back because I will still be here. We'll talk to you in a moment. Hang on. And welcome back to From Shelter Dog to Service Dog with the very spirited and energetic Janice Wolf. I love this show. I love being able to talk about what's on my mind. I love being able to communicate in in a manner in which people, real people, can understand real life. What we're also going to talk about today in the From Shelter Dog to Service Dog part is we're going to discuss the people who are using fake service dogs, who are trying to fake it. And believe it or not, there are still people trying to do this. For some reason, and I don't know why, But there are a lot of people with personality disorders, and they all seem to, or not all, but many of them seem to pop into my life. And I want to talk about some of the things that happen uh, with certain conditions and people looking, of course, narcissists, sociopaths, people who are looking to hurt others in order to try to make themselves look better. This is something that I see happen very often with um, people who are trying to train a service dog, people who are trying to uh, perhaps do something that they know they shouldn't be doing, uh, like getting a fake ID online from the Service Dog Certification of America or U.S. Service Dog Registry. Guess what? They are all not legitimate. They were all somebody in their garage charging you money to make a fake ID. And I cannot believe how many stupid people, gullible people, ignorant people, and just people just being taken advantage of. And whichever one of those categories you fit into, it's not my fault. I'm not apologizing. It's not my fault that you're in that category. But get yourself out of that category. How could you possibly think that any of those online things where they don't train your dog? They don't ask if your dog is trained. They don't certify that the dog is trained. They don't even know if it's a dog. The funniest thing I saw, and I died laughing. My dear daughter, Shauna, um, she sent me this great thing, and it was a jar of Nutella with a service dog certification card. And on it, it says, name of service animal jar of Nutella. I swear to you, look it up. You will find it is hilarious. So she actually has an IV card that they spent, I think, $100 to get with a fake service desk. And it says jar of Nutella is the name of the service animal with a picture of a jar of Nutella with a service desk. I can't make this stuff up. I have a very dear friend who has one of our Merlin's Kids service dogs who, when I told her about that, she decided, and she was about 15 at the time, she she had a little time, and I said, honey, do me a favor. I said, let's make up some really dumb service animal or service creature um, kind of pictures. So we did a service chipmunk, we did a service giraffe, we did a service hippopotamus, we did a service Ben and Jerry's, we did a service goldfish, we did a service goldfish cracker, and we put service vests on them. 
And it was hilarious. But it's really sad because there are people out there who are listening right now to my show who are saying, well, I can just get an ID card and I can take my dog anywhere with me. Oh, you can, but it is soon going to be, if, if my friends and I have our way, a federal law that you will be violating, that you will be able to be punished and, and be fined and everything else if you are falsifying a disability, because that's really what it is. You are, if you go into a restaurant and you ha- take an animal that is not a true service animal, that is not task trained to mitigate a disability, and you take that animal into that place, and if that place allows you, they're violating health codes. The only way that they're not violating health codes is if that is a legitimate service dog that is task trained for the handler, or if you're New York, New Jersey, or many other states has a New York, New Jersey, et cetera, service dog act, which actually covers the person bringing the dog in who is training. And you can't just be Joe Schmo. You have to have training. You need to have an ID card. The dog does not need the ID card. But when you actually have a service dog that is a fully trained service dog, like our Merlin's Kids service dogs, what winds up happening is you don't, as a handler, as the owner and user of that animal, you do not need anything because you are not covered under the ADA when you are a a foster handler trainer. You are covered under the ADA only when it is your service dog and you are bringing your service dog who is task trained to mitigate a disability into a public place. Otherwise, you cannot bring that dog in. You need to be a trainer, which means, yes, you need to be a professional. Of course, that's a whole other thing. Technically, being a professional, somebody can give you $10 for doing something and you've been paid for it, so technically you're a professional. But the point being, you have to do what's right. Buying these fake service dog ID cards and getting into some fake service dog registry, it doesn't mean anything. And why would you give anybody your name, your information, your all your critical information, and your credit card, somebody who's, who's scamming people, and then you wonder, gee, I wonder how my credit card information got stolen. I wonder why my all my things, my personal information got sold. Who do you think has these organizations, these fake places? They're ripping you off and scamming you. You're giving them your credit card information, your home address, your phone number, maybe your social security number if somebody's dumb enough to, to give that. And you are getting scammed because if those of you who are thinking and listening, you may say to me, oh, my God. That's so strange. Yeah, it was like two weeks after I got my service dog ID for my fake organization. Two weeks afterwards, I had all my credit card things and I was hacked and everything else. Well, yes, because you're giving your personal information out to people who are scamming. You might as well just give it to the people who call you from Nigeria or, hello, my name is Christopher. I'm calling you because I... I uh, I don't want you to IRS IRS come to get you IRS come now need your credit card number right now or we come arrest you in 15 minutes at your house I mean seriously come on we've all gotten those calls right well where do you think they get your private information among other places so don't Give your personal information, and especially with these websites. How do you, how does anybody think that is reputable and legitimate? That you, that they don't train your dog. They don't know who you are. They're not seeing you train your dog. They're not trainers. They have no way of knowing. They don't care. And I've seen on a couple of these sites where it says, and I couldn't even believe it, if your dog is aggressive, you should consider muzzling your dog in public. I almost died when I saw that. Oh, right, because service dogs are going to, they're supposed to be muzzled because they're so aggressive. Are you freaking kidding me? 
So I just want everybody to know every single one of those places, those online companies that quote unquote companies that says they're going to register your service dog or my personal favorite, you can speak with a doctor who will, uh, a certified psychiatrist or psychologist or social worker who will give you a letter stating that you have a screw loose and you can have an emotional support animal. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You're going to think that that's legitimate? I want to know who these people are because I think whatever licensing boards and ethics boards that they have in these organizations should be taking these people's licenses away. Are you kidding? What's this? I mean, it's like telemedicine. Hey, you know, for you guys, you got to go to your urologist and get your uh, your prostate exam. Let's do it by like Skype. Let's just do it by Zoom. Just bend over and put the camera there. I'm going to give you your exam right here and now. How can they possibly know in five seconds that you need a dog for emotional support or you need a chipmunk for emotional support or Ben and Jerry's, which all of us need Ben and Jerry's for emotional support or whatever it is. How can they say that it's okay for you to have a service dog? You know, it doesn't make sense. And when you've got a lunatic in charge of or, or losers in charge of government and a lunatic trying to kill innocent people, I don't know what the heck is going on with this world. I want to go to the Ukraine right now. I want to get all the kids who are, who, who are either orphaned or injured. I want to bring them all to my house. I want to take care of every single one of them and help them. But you know what? You guys fall for scams day in, day out. If people say something and it sounds good, you say, well, it sounds good. Be smart. Be smart. Please start thinking for yourself. Don't let people take advantage of you. And don't be stupid. Don't sit there and give people money to register your dog is a service dog when you know damn well your dog is not in a, any way, shape, or form a service dog, and you know in no, no way, shape, or form do you have a disability that would qualify under the ADA, and you know no way in the world is your dog task trained to mitigate that disability. You are feigning, faking, if you would, a disability by bringing the dog in when you don't have a reason to have a service dog and you can't just take the dog in. It has to be task trained. So when you lie and you say that it is your, you know, I'm coming in with my service dog, here's his card, you are committing fraud. Wait until we start getting some of you guys, and I'm probably not you guys, but people you may talk to because you guys are listening here I'm pretty sure you guys aren't going to be committing the frauds. You're trying to learn really just how to take care of your own dog, how to train your your dog to become a service dog. But there are people who are mocking your disability and mine, and they're taking advantage, and people who are lying because they can't, let's say, have a pit bull in the building, and they lie and they say it's their service dog, they lie and say it's an emotional support dog, and listen, I love pits, okay? They're, I love Blue Nose Pits. I, I think they have, they're gorgeous. They're just beautiful dogs. But you need a special owner, and you need somebody who can handle in case it's not the best dog in the world, which many of them are the best dogs in the world. They're wonderful. There are some that are not wonderful, and you might not know until it's too late which ones are and which ones aren't. Um, but you got to look at it as, why would you want to take a chance? Let's say you have a dog and your dog really isn't great around children. So you say, well, I'm just going to go to places where there aren't children. Well, now if a little child runs off from the parent, whether it's the parent's fault or not, if the parent is holding the child's hand and let's say drops the child's hand for a moment, to, to pick up something in the shop, put it in the shopping cart, and child runs over 
and goes to hug your dog and your dog bites the child in the face, guess who's in charge of uh, paying for all those bills and guess who's legally liable? You are. And even if your dog is a legitimate service dog, you're still responsible for what the dog does, whether it's damage, uh, whether it's to damage to property or damage to a person, you are still responsible. Why would you want to put your animal in harm's way? If you know that your dog is not a legitimate service dog, then why would you take a chance that your dog is going to do something bad potentially and hurt someone, and now they're going to want to put your dog to sleep? You're going to be sued. I mean, there's not going to be a whole lot of really great things that are going to happen when your dog bites a kid in the face on an airplane. So I'm calling on all of you because I know you're here for the right reasons. And normally every week you hear me talking about how to train, how to teach your dog, how to be a better leader, how to be a better parent, how to talk to your dog in different languages and subtleties, how to correct behavioral issues. Today I'm talking about people. Today I'm talking about people, whether they have animals or not, taking advantage of other people, people who lie. People who are sick, who are sick, who need to be committed to institutions, who try to hurt other people. And in in doing that, all they're doing is hurting themselves. Because, listen, let's face it, we are not the final judges in this world. There's somebody a whole lot more important than all of us. And that's who judges me. That's who should be judging you. And you should be living your life according to the doctrine of you should do as much good for others as you can, while you can. Because by doing that, that's how we improve the world. That's how we take a tyrant who doesn't care about people, who doesn't care how many of his own people he's going to be killing, blowing up, maiming, disfiguring, blinding, tormenting, torturing. But he loves dogs. I don't know. That one's a real weird one. I haven't been able to figure that one out yet. You know who I'm talking about. It is absolutely unbelievable to me, unfathomable, that someone who could be so evil could actually care more about animals than about people. And I get it. Listen, I'm not a big fan of people. But I don't know. You know, it, it's just. It's a crazy, crazy, crazy world we're living in. And this crazy, crazy, crazy world that we're living in is about to get crazier. And I hope that all of you are going to help to make this a better world. Reach out to people. You know, if you don't agree with somebody, especially on politics, so you don't agree, okay? Think about if we change politics. So the people, let's say, who love Donald Trump, and then you have the people who love Joe Biden. And you have the people who love, let's say, uh, I don't know, Ralph Nader. Instead of polarizing people by political party, let's argue about the colors of each. Okay, let's say so. Blue would be for the Democrats. Red would be for the Republicans. And probably, I don't know, pink polka dots. Maybe green with pink polka dots would be, let's say, for the third party. Let's talk about colors. What's your favorite color? Well, my favorite color, my favorite color is blue and purple. Well, blue, but I don't think that way politically, or I do think that way politically, but blue is a color. But purple is really my favorite, really it is my favorite color. So if purple is my favorite color, isn't that blue and red in equal amounts? There you go. That's what I'm saying. We are talking about, you know, service dogs and people who are, are talking like to terrible things. Like, I can't even believe how horrible some of the things are that people are talking about and doing to each other. Hurting each other because they have mental issues. You'll see in life when people are abusive to animals and you see somebody abusing, kicking, hurting, you know, hitting an animal or a child, 
it speaks not of if that animal or child was bad. It speaks to the evil of the person doing it. When I've seen people, and I had my friend CJ, and I remember being on the phone with her. She's out in Arizona. And I remember my friend CJ, and we were on the phone, and she all of a sudden stopped, and she starts telling me, oh, my God, oh, my God. She starts yelling at, at somebody. I didn't know who. Yelling at them, stop, leave that dog alone, get away. And she ran out and chased this, these thugs who were abusing an animal, kicking it, a little dog, kicking it all over. And she went after them with her cane and she, uh, she, she's a tough cookie. And uh, she was going to beat the living bejesus out of these kids. They left. She took the dog. She said the dog smelled like lighter fluid. We think that the kids were, after they were done kicking and abusing and breaking this dog up, were going to put the dog, light the dog on fire. That's sick. Those people need not to be circulating in our population, whether they are prime ministers or presidents of a country, whether they are losers who can't get through life without tormenting and hurting people and being um, convicted of multiple crimes for years and years and years because they're losers, whatever it is, if you can hurt somebody, like if you have a problem with somebody, instead of trying to bring them down, why don't you try to do something good? Don't let your jealousy and your animosity and your narcissism make you try to hurt them. Why don't you try to be better than them? Do more good things. That's how you want to do that. Because you know what? My little dog, Lexi, is that dog. She's like 100 years old. I have no idea how old she is, but she's old. That dog started her life, her first few years, being tormented and tortured and probably terrified. She is the best little dog ever, my little rescue. She's about 19 pounds. And every time I look at her, I think of not just how lucky she is to be with me and to, to have the life she has. But I think of, I wonder where those kids are who were abusing her. I wonder if they're in prison yet for murder. I wonder if they've beaten their husbands or wives. Well, probably wives. I wonder, I really wonder, where are they? They may be dead. Hopefully they are. But all I do know is that in life, you have to stand up for yourself. You have to stand up for the things and animals you love and the people you love and don't let bullies win. Be honest, be honorable, be kind, be caring, be loving, but be firm, be tough, and don't be a doormat. We're going to see you next week. We'll probably get back to our more normal show. But lots of love to all of you. Let's pray for everyone in the Ukraine and all through Europe. Pray that somehow that this horrible, horrible person, horrible, horrible thing ends quickly and that all those people who were lost will not have died in vain. God bless and have a fantastic weekend. Take care.